Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media veteran, digital content creator, and strategist. My career has required many cross-country relocations from my hometown of New Orleans to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, back to New Orleans, and now Miami, Florida. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. I lead personal and professional development conversations in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic lives. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. So today we are going to be talking about one of my absolute favorite subjects, self-care. Joining me today is Dixie Lincoln Nichols. She is a wife, mother, biological science educator, certified health coach, self-care and wellness connoisseur, and entrepreneur. Her past work has been featured in Essence Online, Huffington Post, Tampa Tribune, Natural Health Magazine, InStyle Magazine, Red Book Magazine, and more. Currently, she works as a health and wellness coach, educating and inspiring women to rediscover their passion and purpose through the practice of self-care. Love that. Dixie is also the founder of the IO Beauty Market, an inclusive and diverse e-commerce and brick and mortar retailer that curates toxin-free products to support women's wellness inside and out. Dixie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here to have this self-care conversation with you. One of the things that really got me excited to speak to you is that you refer to the six pillars of self-care. I didn't even know there were six pillars. Is that something that you (laughs) created yourself and coined? Or is that like a real, real thing that I just, I've been under a rock and didn't know anything about? No, you've not been under a rock. I created that myself. Oh, I love it. So tell us more about what are the six pillars and how did you create them? Absolutely. Well, you know how they say necessity is the mother of all inventions. Yes. I <laughs> Once I became a health and wellness coach and I started having conversations with women, it was quite surprising to me how many of them were saying to me, well, what do I do? How do I begin to take care of myself? And I had to really pause and figure out how I was going to explain this to these women and how I was going to help them to really tap into self-care so that they could be successful in life in whatever areas that they wanted to be. So I came up with the six pillars because, you know, I thought about, and I know everyone's heard of the wise man built his house upon a rock and the foolish man built his house upon sand. And I Mm -hmm. thought, Well, you know what, for self-care to really be effective and long-lasting, we really need a solid foundation. We need something that we can depend on, we can tap into, especially when life throws you those curveballs. And so it was out of my experiences as a health and wellness coach and dealing with these clients and these uh, questions that they had for me, I sat down and I came up with the six pillars of self-care. And so basically there are six foundational areas that are used to support and guide someone in assessing what their self-care needs are, because a lot of people don't know where to start. They're like, where do I begin? What do I do? They think it's just taking a bubble bath or something. And it's like, supposedly, magically, everything's going to be better. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And we know that there is so much more to it. It is so much more intricate than that. And so I came up with these six pillars so that they could have a visual and be able to 
focus on the areas where they were lacking and really mm-hmm. continue to support the areas where they were already given a lot of attention. And so basically that's what the pillars of self-care is. Can you tell us what the six pillars are? Do, do we need to get a notebook out to write these down first? You can, you should, but they're also on my, <laughs> they're also on my website. So um, once I share the link at the end, people will be able to go on the website and kind of grab these uh, for their own uses. Okay. But to share with you in no particular order, they are sustenance, basically what you eat, how you nourish yourself, what you're putting into your body. And we're looking at nutrition as well as toxicants. Uh, Your purpose, what is your mission in life? What's your passion? What were you brought here to do? How were you, um, how do you want to serve and how do you want to show up in the world? Recreation. A lot of people overlook the fun aspects of life because they're so busy working and creating and and, and being the amazing people that they are that they forget to sort of put everything down, slow down and have some fun and introduce recreation into their lives. Then exactly. we right and recreation. Just oh my God, you're being when you recreate. <laughs> yeah, because we're too busy adulting and paying bills and taking care yes. of responsibilities. We don't have time for fun. <laughs> Thank you. And fun is so rejuvenating and so joyful. So definitely find time for fun and recreation in your life. And then we have finances. Oh, oh, oh. I cringe just thinking about it because it happens to be one of the biggest source of stress for women. Women tend to stress over finances much more than men do. And so it's Mm -hmm. a very, um, it's a very touchy subject for a lot of women and one that a lot of women put a lot of energy into because they want to get over um, that hurdle and that stress-causing area. And then there are relationships, which, again, another stressful area because you have so many different types of relationships in your life. There are friends, there are family, co-workers, co-workers who are friends, family mm-hmm. who are co-workers, and it can get very complicated. Yeah, we need, to, we need to put a lot of energy into making sure that we have healthy, functional relationships. And then we have restorative practice, things that you can do to really restore your mind and your spirit. And so things like meditation and yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong, anything that's going to calm you and get your brain working right and quieting the noise in your brain and really, really being still would be considered restorative practice. So there's even restorative yoga as well to help bring you back to that stillness and to that place of calm. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. That's my favorite kind of yoga. I tell people it's like basically taking a nap on the mat. It's so relaxing. And it's crazy that, you know, I definitely pay for that because sometimes at home you just can't bring yourself to the same level of stillness and quiet that you can when you're in a, a structured class setting. It's so interesting. That's right, because when you are at home, there are so many things that are calling out to you laundry there's the dishwasher there mm-hmm. is the vacuum cleaner there's the <laughs> cell phone yeah <laughs> come and get me come and get me and sometimes when you're at you know in in your home space in your comfort space you get so comfortable it's very hard for you to really step out into that zone that you need to be able to restore to practice something restorative like you said you need to be in a very structured environment that's geared towards bringing you back to center 
Yes. And speaking of getting to that center, and I I associate our center with our true purpose and our true nature, and you help women to, to rediscover or discover sometimes for the first time what that purpose is through the practice of self-care. Could you tell us a bit about some of the exercises that you may do with a client to kind of use self-care to to get to that purpose? Absolutely. So self-care is anything that you do to nourish your mind, your body, and your spirit. And one of the things that I've encountered with some women is that they're not quite clear about what they want to do. They know Mm -hmm. that there is something bubbling. It's been percolating for several years, maybe the first half of their lives uh, through 35 or 40. But they had so many things to do. They had... uh, they took care of everyone else and left themselves undone. And then all of a sudden, these emotions and these feelings and these desires start to bubble up to the surface. And they're like, what am I going to do with it? What do I do? Should I take it and run with it and see where it's going to take me? Or should I just ignore it and and push it back down? And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very difficult decision that some women have to go through. And so basically, I give them an exercise. And it's like it, it's grading or rating their self-care practice. So it's like, how do you feel about yourself? What does self-care look like for you? What does self-care sound like for you? Who are people who, you, uh, who inspire you when it comes to self-care? So we have to get to the core of whether or not they even know what self-care is. And mm-hmm. then we talk about, in terms of their purpose, we look at, well, what is it you really want to do? What do you really like to do? And mm-hmm. are you willing to make some sacrifices to put yourself out there, to be uncomfortable, to make some of these things happen? Or are you, do you want to stay in that space where you've been for the past 35 years? And usually that's taking care of everyone else and not yourself because we've been handed down this legacy of caring um, by our beautiful female ancestors and usually Mm -hmm. caring for everyone else but ourselves. And so when it comes to making the decision to take care of ourselves, it becomes very uncomfortable. And so Mm -hmm. we have to make those uncomfortable decisions to move forward with our lives and take care of ourselves, put ourselves first. I know Maya Angelou has a quote that says, I've got my own back. And I love it because Mm -hmm. you have to have your own back in in whatever it is you want to do, because if you don't, nobody else will. And it is having your own back that you'll be able to support others with love, goodness, and grace. So what do you want to be? Do you want to pursue that nine to five? Is that the thing that's going to bring you joy and love and um, light a spark in your life so that you can spread that spark to the rest of the world? Is it having a business? Is it pursuing the arts? What is it that lights you up so much that you cannot stop thinking about it? No matter what you do, it's coming up. It's, It's going to bed with you at night, it's waking up with you in the morning, it's traveling with you to the bathroom, you just cannot get rid of it. What is, right? Mm-hmm. What is that thing? If that thing is not going away, then you owe it to yourself and you owe it to to your life to explore the possibilities of where that can lead you. So we really dive into what they're feeling, how they're feeling and what they're 
what they feel their life can look like. So that leads into envisioning as well. So what is what does your life look like three months from now? What does it look like um, six months from now? What does it look like a year from now? And they write these things down. Um, but I have a whole actual booklet of um, activities that I give them to go through before we even start working together because I want to get a really thorough picture of where they are and where they want to go. Now, let me ask you this. What happened in your life that developed your relationship with self-care? How did you, how did you get to this place? (laughs) Yes. That you're so, cause I can hear the passion in your voice when you speak about (laughs) self-care. So how did, how did you get here? Oh, absolutely. My God, it really goes way back. And I did, of course, I didn't realize it at the time. I grew up in a very Mm -hmm. small village with less than 300 people on the Caribbean island of Trinidad and Tobago. And so I grew up with my grandmother who was, you know, is, still is a beautiful matriarch of our family, but she learned from her mother how to be a woman. And that was taking care of everyone. So she took care of her children. She took care of me and other grandchildren and nieces and nephews. And I remember seeing my grandmother um, prepare meals for the kids and for my grandfather. And she, she, she worked outside in the yard and then she'd come, she'd cook and she'd put everybody's food on the table and everybody was fed. And then I'd look around for her and she was outside sitting on the steps. Sometimes she'd sit on a stool, something, wherever she could, sometimes she would even stand and eat because she was mm-hmm. so busy running around doing all, all sorts of stuff to make us comfortable. And Mm -hmm. in doing so, she never had the opportunity to do anything for herself. That's Mm -hmm. what I saw growing up. And so I became a mother at 19 years old. When Mm -hmm. I became a teenage mother, I said to myself, I wanted to go to medical school and I sort of had to put that on the back burner. And I said to myself, I'm going to become the best mother possible. And the only example I had to feed off of was my grandmother's. And so immediately it became all about my my daughter and it became Mm -hmm. about my now husband. And we I I poured my heart and my soul into them. I mean, my husband's wonderful. We didn't always have a great marriage. It was rocky at times. And Mm -hmm. but I I really gave my energy to my family and. Around 35, that midlife crisis, which I've learned is not really a midlife crisis, it's a a transformation that was happening, Mm -hmm. began to happen. That passion began to stir in my soul and I started thinking, oh my God, what do I want to really do with my life? I didn't go to medical school. I'm teaching. I love my subject area, but I, I need to do something more. I need to do something different. It's not this. And that feeling I was talking about that would not leave me, that I went to sleep with, that I walked around the house with, that I went to the bathroom with, that I woke up with, just kept nagging me. And I said to myself, something's got to give here. Um, you've done so much and you stood by your family. So now it's time for you to stand by and with yourself. And so I started really exploring the idea of doing things that I wanted to do, that I desired. And so mm-hmm. the first thing was, I loved being creative. My grandmother taught me how to extract coconut oil in the kitchen. She sent me to learn how to sew, how to crochet, mm-hmm. how to make stuffed animals. And so I used to make money as a teenager doing all of those, you know, wonderful stuff. So I, yeah. thought I went back to being creative and I said, nope, you're not going to feel guilty about this. Your daughter's okay. Your husband's okay. They're fine. He's moved up the, the ladder. 
at work. Your daughter is doing exactly what she wants to do with her life. It's time for you now. And I really have to get very clear about that. And once I became clear about that, it was so easy for me to move into those areas of interest for me. And so I left my, I started a bath and body products company. I built up the nerve and the courage to quit my job. I became mm. a health and wellness coach. I, you know, took my daughter out of school. We traveled to Europe for a year and, you know, I went to school there for a little bit. So I did so many things because I had the courage and, and, and the, you know, just the desire to take care of myself. Had I not made that decision to intentionally care for myself, give myself the things that I really needed in life, I wouldn't mm-hmm. even be here talking to you. I think I would be still working the job that I was working that mm-hmm. did not fully satisfy me. And I know I didn't want to be um, like my grandmother, who is an amazing woman. Her life was amazing. And she did the best with what she could at the time, because that's all she knew. But yeah. I also kn- knew that, you know, self-care was not taught to her. And I wanted to take care of myself. And I wanted to teach my daughters how to take care of themselves and what self-care looks like. Yes, I love that. And that's the thing. I think that self-care wasn't taught to so many of us. And Mm. so we've just been suffering and putting ourselves last and feeling like self-care is selfish. You know, so many people feel self-care is selfish. But one of the, the words that I heard you use a lot is courage also. And I think that just having that courage to pick up at whatever age, 35. And interestingly is when you said that you felt you had your transformation and I just turned 35 this year. And Whoa. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely going through a transformation. Go for and, it, go um, for it. <laughs> and I think that it, it takes um, major courage to decide that the life that you have invested 35 years into or so much time into is no longer serving you and to decide basically it's like a rebirth you know at at 35 to start over and say okay now let's get back to that childlike innocence of what do I enjoy doing and getting back to your core and figuring out now what direction do you want to set out in for the rest of your life because that first part is no longer it, you know? It is is not. Yep, Mm -hmm. absolutely, you're absolutely correct. And in the second half of your life, you really have to, a lot of people, a lot of women learn to love themselves, but they also learn to revisit a lot of the things that's happened in their past. So Mm -hmm. maybe abuse or some kind of psychological trauma or whatever it is, they revisit those areas so that they can fully move forward. And that's what that transformation is all about. It's really about coming full circle, but giving ourselves what we need to know that we have what it takes to move forward in a very healthy way. And self-care is not selfish. It's not sleazy. It's not stingy. It's Mm -hmm. rewarding. It's fulfilling. It's uplifting. It's devotional it's emotional it's all those good things so and self-respect i I like to say it's self-respect yes 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 absolutely absolutely you've got to respect yourself for others to respect you absolutely and that's the best teacher you know seeing how you treat yourself it kind of sets the tone for how other people can and will treat you and what you will allow you know not not influence your peace and your your self-care that you have created for yourself so absolutely well said 
Is there something that we didn't touch on that you would like to mention? Ah, uh, you know what? I I think I would like to talk to women about really important statistics that women, especially women of color, need to be aware of and know that one of the reasons I created the IO Beauty Market, which is the online and brick and mortar store, is to bring about awareness to the health hazards of toxicants in our ingredients. Um, women of color are marketed the most toxic products of all the ethnic groups. The thing is, women of color spend more than 6.7 or $7.6 billion in cosmetics and beauty products per year annually in the United States of America. And that is 51% over the national average. Yet they're being marketed the most toxic Mm. And so I want to bring awareness to that because that's self-care too, knowing what you're putting in your body, what you're putting on your skin, and mm -hmm. knowing that 60% of everything that you put on your skin gets absorbed into your body is crucial to your health. A lot of these uh, toxicants are very hazardous to major organs of the body, and they cause, some of them are carcinogens, some cause allergies, some cause neurotoxicity, fertility problems, hormonal disruptions, and on and on. So I encourage you to really become cognizant of what you're putting on your product, know your product labels, and really incorporate all kinds of care into your self-care, including things that you're putting in your hair and on your body. Are there any top toxicants that people should be looking for? Because I think that number one, people definitely aren't reading the label, but when they do read it, they can't pronounce or know what half of the things are. <laughs> So it's kind of yeah. like, oh, okay. Or, you know, I see this on everything I have, so I guess it's fine. Or they're selling it exactly. to me. Is there, is there anything exactly. that we should really be on the lookout for? Like to say the top three toxicants that you should be looking for. And if you see that, drop it, leave it where you found it and never use it again. Definitely, definitely. I hear a host of them. And on our website, we have what's called the forbidden list. So all mm. of those toxicants in our list are not allowed in any of our products. So we vet them very thoroughly to make sure and screen them so to make sure that they do not have those toxicants in it because they're simply dangerous. But the three most common ones that I think most people are aware of and are very dangerous include parabens. And parabens are found in shampoos, conditioners, um, and a lot of different personal care products. And these are basically used as preservatives. So look out for parabens. You might see metal paraben and butyl paraben on the back. They're all mm -hmm. parabens, as long as it says parabens. Then there is the phthalates. Phthalates are disguised in fragrances. Now, fragrances are, are very tricky. There are several compounds that, that are used to create fragrances. And one of the byproducts are phthalates, which is a hormone disruptor. And so mm. if you see something that says fragrance, be very mindful. You don't know what you're getting. Most of them have phthalates in them. And so mm -hmm. try to get not fragrance, but essential oils that usually give the product scent as opposed to getting phthalates. And then there are sulfates also found in shampoos, hair creams, and um, a lot of different personal care products. And mm -hmm. these are used to really give the products like bubble and foam. They mm -hmm. cause allergic reactions and um, irritants to uh, irritation to the skin and eyes as well. So look out for those. So parabens, 
fragrance and phthalates are just three, but of course the list is wide. One more thing I want to add is that the European Union um, has banned over 1,300 ingredients from their cosmetic and beauty products. The United States has banned just approximately around 30, right? Mm. So we've got a long way to go, but we, again, yeah. women of color, I get in the brunt of this, um, of, of what could be a, a very brutal industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's big business, you know, it's, it's like big they're, yeah. they're making money selling it to you and then they're making more money when you get sick. So, it's, oh my goodness. Yes. That's it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh my God. Thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. And that list, the full list is on your website and uh, people can go there to to get more information about that as well, correct? Yes, they can, yes. Uh, go to iobeauty.com and you will find the forbidden list with ingredients that tells you exactly what area of the body these ingredients can be potentially hazardous to. I appreciate you, Dixie. If someone wants to schedule an appointment with you as a health and wellness coach and they want to dive deeper into their self-care practice, how would someone get in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you too and the work that you're doing in the world. It certainly is needed in this time and this space. And um, I feel very honored to be here. So if if anyone would like to reach out to me, they can go to DixieLincolnNichols.com or InsideOuterBeauty.com. We also have the IO Beauty Market where you can go to IOBeautyMarket.com. That's where we sell our wellness products, our toxic and free health and wellness products for women's health inside and out. On Twitter at IO Beauty Market and at Dixie Lincoln Nichols. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.